Whether you're in the building or whether you're watching online, it's great that you can join us for worship today. And it's great that we can almost return to what we might call a normal service. You don't have to pre-book. So it's great that folks can just turn up and join in. Now it's time to focus our eyes on Jesus. And Psalm 8 said, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Let's pray. Father God, we give thanks this day that we can call out your name, rejoicing in the splendor of your creation. As we praise you throughout this service, we pray that you will meet us in this time of worship, both in the church, online, and at our Kingdom's Kids program. We pray that you would open the eyes of our hearts so that we would come to know you better. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning's reading is from Romans chapter 12, and we start by reading the first two verses. A living sacrifice. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. And now at verse 9, love in action. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone for evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, It is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen. Thank you, Julie. And it serves me right for assuming, but we do have visitors here. My name's Elaine. I'm the pastoral associate here. Let's pray. 
Yet not I, but through Christ in me. Lord, speak. Your servants are listening. Use me as a vessel. May these words and meditations come from you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, most of you know I was in hospital a couple of months ago. I was in for about a week. And one day it was extremely hot in the ward. Sadly, because of the COVID regulations, the nurses were not allowed to put on the electric fans that you would normally have blowing in the ward. So they came around with something else to keep us cool. Yep, it's a blue rubber glove. Tell me, it's a bit little, take that side. Is that nice and cold? Okay. So we were able to, they filled it with icy water as well. We were able to use them on the back of our head, back of our neck, sorry, your head, your wrists, anything to help you keep cool. And I have to say, they stayed cold for ages. Cooling ice packs. However, I then learned that there was another use for these blue gloves. You see, during the height of the pandemic, and we're going up and down, there are peaks and troughs, and we're still having height. When the nurses, the doctors, the ancillary staff were stretched to the limit, with large numbers of patients in ICU, no family around them because they weren't allowed in, there wasn't enough staff to sit with them as they struggled to breathe, some in their final hours. Now, the nurses did their best to try and sit with patients, but they've discovered that by filling one of these with warm water, Christine, hold your hand out like that, and then placing the glove, it felt as if you were having someone hold your hand. I'll take that back from you. It connected people. So the people were unconscious, but even in an unconscious state, you are aware of the presence of somebody sitting beside you. So when they're short-staffed, filled those gloves, and it felt as if someone was holding their hand in their hour of need. It really did feel like a human connection. That human connection helped to take away some of the fear during these difficult times. Now, that story moved me to tears, probably where I was at the time, but it's a demonstration of empathy in the extreme. In extreme situations, it's really important for that human connection in the long hours of sickness, in the long hours of bereavement, although you wouldn't need those because we would be there. So why have I shared that story today? Well, in the next part of our Growing Young series, we're looking at the next section of the circle. And that topic is empathy. So let's start with the definition of empathy. Empathy 
is the ability to share someone else's feelings or experiences by imagining what it would be like to be in that person's situation. Now, empathy is not to be confused with sympathy. Because when we express sympathy, we might convey words um, of pity, or we might feel sorry for someone who has experienced a loss or a difficult situation. But empathy takes us to a deeper level, a deeper emotional involvement as we try to understand another person's feelings. We may need to, using the old adage, walk in another person's shoes to really understand their perspective of what they're experiencing. For some people, it's easier to be sympathetic than empathetic because empathy does require that other level. Sympathy might be offering a word of condolence, as I've already said, to the family members. But empathy is shown when you whip up a casserole and deliver it to the family so that that's one less thing for them to think about. You probably know that yourself because you've experienced it. Empathy is actually taking the time to feel and share the pain they are in. So how or where does empathy play its part in growing young? Well, let's look at our church family. Many of us have been around this church for many years. Not even just this church, because we come from a variety of churches. Many of us have watched as children have been born into church families. They've been welcomed into the extended uh, church family. We've watched them grow. We've watched them disappear out to quest, to crash, to next. And then we watch them disappear off to university. But however, if you look more closely, you'll notice that as the years go on, the numbers drop off a bit, particularly as they head towards teenage years. For some, it's because of Sunday activities. For others, it might be due to the fact that they were unable to understand who God is and they couldn't find a person to explain the relevance of Jesus to them. The Growing Young book tells us the story of one young lad breaking away from church. As a 13-year-old, Steve had been attending church one day until the day he asked the pastor a question. Pastor, if I raise my finger, will God know which one I'm going to raise even before I raise it? The pastor replied, yeah, well, God knows everything. However, that question was masking a deeper question the boy had about why there were starving children in Africa. And if God knew that, what was he doing about it? The pastor replied to that, Steve, I know you don't understand, but yes, God knows about that. And that was it. The pastor had missed an opportunity to connect with Steve, to see where that question was coming from, before giving an answer that might have led to open discussion over a number of weeks about why some things happen. Steve, 13-year-old Steve, left the church that day totally dissatisfied with the response 
and never went back to church again. So two things are highlighted here. Steve has been asked, has been led to ask deep questions of his church family or leadership and it, because it must have felt like a safe space to do so. And then sadly, the lack of thought behind that response left him empty. If that one question could not be answered, then it might not be safe to answer any more, to ask any more. That Steve in question was Steve Jobs, the founder of Apple. Just think what might have happened if he'd stayed with the church. The story reminds me of a recent Alpha course that we have run. Uh, we've run a few online, but a recent one. One of the participants would come along armed each week with searching questions asked by her children that she wasn't able to ask. Now, I'm not sure that we, even we were able to answer all of them, but there was an acceptance in that she knew we tried, and we tried to find answers to suit the child. We need to be willing to go to all the hard places with people when we can. Please don't let fear of not knowing the answers, particularly in relation to Scripture, please don't let it stop you from engaging with people, particularly our children, our teens, our young people who are asking questions in relation to faith. As Theodore Roosevelt once said, People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. We have to care first. If we show we care and we show we don't have all the answers, the children will accept that. But if we can try and help them and we explore together, we're taking part in their journey. Empathy is about reaching out to others. Offering your hand in friendship or an elbow at the moment. Offering a shoulder to cry on. Offering your resources in a time of need. Now, two weeks ago, David posed the question, what can we as a church family do to help young people passionately connect with God through a faith community? Well, I think the answer is we need to learn to be more empathetic and less apathetic. Because if we're honest with ourselves, we think, oh, that's somebody else's job. But it's not. In growing young, we are all growing together. We are helping to nurture our children, our young people. But in that experience, we learn from them as well. So we all grow. We need to be a Jesus-centered community to do that. And perhaps we'll look at a few verses of Scripture now. Now, empathy is a word that's not found in the Bible, but compassion is. And it could be say that, said that empathy is the spark that ignites compassion. We know from reading Scripture that compassion flows abundantly throughout its pages, none more so than demonstrated by Jesus. In John uh, chapter 11, those verses that are on your screen. Jesus had arrived because he'd heard his friend Lazarus had died. And Jesus wept. 
Jesus wept with his friends. And then, after he'd sat with them, he then did something about it. He felt compassion. He empathized. And then in Mark chapter 1, in verses 40 to 42, Jesus reached out a hand to heal a man with leprosy. Um, A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. And then in Matthew 14, Jesus had been in a boat and when he landed, he saw the large crowd and he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. Jesus did life with people. That's how he knew where he was needed, where he could reach out and help bring sustenance, bring comfort. And there are many examples in both the Old and the New Testament of empathy. They're all there in black and white for all of us to follow. Today's reading in Romans 12 is a wonderful to-do list of what we can do to show empathy and compassion towards others, to each other, to the families, to the children, to the students, to our seniors. Let me read some of the verses from the message version. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. Don't burn out. And that's what we have to sometimes watch for. Because if we are exuding empathy all the time, then we might burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. And we do that by connecting with God daily. Be alert, servants of the Master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians, be inventive in hospitality, and so on. Now, if you were to sit and read that passage, and I know I have a couple of years ago did this with a pastoral team, does that sum up the things that you do? Do you love in difficult situations? Do you practice hospitality? Do you share tears with others when they're down? If that doesn't sum you up, perhaps we need to ask God to help so that we can then be equipped to help others. A final thought. One of the most interesting things I've learned in these last few weeks as I've studied the growing young material is that what we're being asked to do is not new. We're not reinventing the wheel. It's just being shown to us in a different way. We're being asked to model Jesus, to love others, to show kindness to strangers, to mourn with those who mourn and weep with those who weep. We are called to invite others to come and share our lives. Now, I know that is still a little bit difficult in the current climate because some of us 
have been quite good over the years at inviting people into our homes. And when we do that, we model Jesus' lives to them. But listen, the coffee shops are still open. The ice cream parlors are still open. And I'm sure some of our kids would love a treat of an ice cream and a chat. It's in these places that relationships can be established, that particularly our young people can find a safe place to ask some of the challenging questions about life, like the young Steve Jobs. We can be there for our young people. We can be there for each other. Brenny Brown says, empathy is communicating that you are incredibly healing, communicating that incredibly healing message of you are not alone. None of us is alone in this. We can be there for others. I started this talk by talking about hands, about our blue gloves. Now we need your hands to reach out to those who need a helping hand, to those who need a listening ear, to those who need a friend or someone to chat with over a cup of coffee. If we can offer our hand across the ages, all the age groups of the church, then our church family will continue to grow together with Jesus at its heart. It will give us a fresh outlook and perspective as we share the plans that God has for our lives and we help others unpack what God is saying to them. So I'm going to ask you all a question now. If you are willing to be part of a church family who can show empathy to those within our fellowship, as well as those on the fringes, can you reach out your hands now, palms up, as an offering to God, and hold them there during this short prayer. Using the words of Teresa of Avila, Christ has no body but yours, no hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks, compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Lord, take our hands and every aspect of our being. We offer them to you now that you might use them and us to grow your kingdom here on earth. Amen. Our closing hymn is Everyone Needs Compassion.
Because we are a friend of God, we can come before him in prayer and know that he hears and answers us. So let us pray together. Lord Jesus Christ, you gave of yourself without counting the cost, offering even your own life for the life of the world. So now we pray for all those who seek to love you in return, however hesitant, partial or imperfect their love might be. Inspire them through your love. We pray for those new in their faith, still learning about you, still uncertain, perhaps, of their commitment, still discovering more of your love. Keep their love always growing. We pray for those established in their faith, facing the daily risk of growing complacent, stale, settled into a comfortable routine. Make their love ever fresh. We pray for those whose faith has crumbled, no longer holding the trust they once held, no longer feeling you close by their sides, no longer seeking to follow Christ. Renew their love. We pray for those who have never had faith, those consistently unmoved by the message of the gospel, those who resist its challenge and those who go against your will. Kindle a love for you in their hearts and enable us, through the power of your spirit, to be a light that shines in the darkness of the world so that others may see you and come to know of your love for them. We pray for the young people that we know, for those starting at college and university, for those leaving home for the first time. May they find friendships that are good. May they find churches that welcome them and include them. And Lord, guide us as a church as to how we can welcome students here in Edinburgh to help them feel loved and cared for. And we pray for the work of our Kingdom Kids at the start of this new session. We give thanks for all those leaders who are willing to give of their time to work with the children and young people. We pray for Stephanie, our children and families worker, as she leads the team. We ask that they are all filled with enthusiasm at the start of this year and that you guide them through the coming months as they plan and discuss the way ahead as we come out of lockdown. We turn our prayers to those outside our building, to those who are living on our streets because they do not have any other place to go, to those who are hungry because they do not have any food. Help us to help them, either directly or by supporting organisations who provide food, care and support. Lord, there are many Afghan families now here in this country who have fled from the terror that is in their homeland. They are no doubt scared, afraid, with no homes, no income, no possessions. May they find a welcome in our land and in our cities. 
and we pray and remember those that remain behind in Afghanistan, praying for peace in that land, praying for the freedoms that we take for granted, especially for women and young girls. But above all, may your love be known in that country. Lord, as you are our friend, hear all our prayers. In Jesus' name, amen. We sang earlier, yet not I, but through Christ in me. Lord, may we approach those who need your help and your love, not in our own strength, but through the strength of Christ in us. And now may the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen.